Yo, yo, yo. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the LTK Show. My name is Luther Kangas. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you guys are doing well. And on today's show, it's myself, it's Eric Onkstead, and we riff. All right. We talk about PJ Fleck and Mike Zimmer, and kind of the contrast between their two styles and the way that they coach. We get into an interesting conversation there, and then from there, we just, like I said, we just riff, and we have a good time, and I kind of let Eric do his thing, man. Like, he's one of the funniest guys that I know, probably the funniest guy. The dude makes me gut laugh on a consistent basis, and I want y'all just to kick back, have some fun with this, and I hope we can make you guys laugh, kind of take your mind off maybe some of the things that are going on. And just enjoy it. Alright? We have fun. I want you guys to have fun. So without further ado, let's get into this thing. The LTK show with Eric Ongstead. Before we do though, let's go ahead and thank the JP4 Foundation, which is our sponsor. Eric, you want to read it or Absolutely. It'd be my distinct pleasure. The JP4 Foundation. The JP4 Foundation uses a game of baseball to provide healthy meals, healthy activities, and healthy relationships for youth in the Twin Cities. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and the Instagram using the handle JP4 Foundation. That's JP, the number four, Foundation, or by visiting them at jp4foundation.org. Let's get her going. Let's hear a yo, yo, yo. He's a, he's a true pro, folks. Yo, yo, yo. Let's so we're going to start here with a little bit of would you rather, and we're going to switch it up here. So this is going to be me asking Luther some would you rather. So we'll start out with an easy one, a bit of a softball. Let's give her a go. Luther, would you rather win $75,000 or have me win $500,000? Wait, no. So I win $75,000 or you win five hundred. Correct. Five hundred's life changing, and I'm gonna take the the nice guy answer and say five hundred, because dude, five hundred you could do a lot with. Seventy five is cool. You could definitely do a lot with seventy five too, but dude, five hundred's a lot. If you're basing this decision on thinking you're gonna see a red cent, you're not. <laughs> no, but I just think. I'm going to go with the unselfish answer. Wow, that's incredible. All right. (laughs) Would you rather swim 300 meters through shit or through dead bodies? Oh, boy. These are tough, man. Uh, Wow. I would probably go... I think I'd go. Sh- yeah, I'd go shit. It's <laughs> not a good answer. I would have asked how long have the bodies been dead. <laughs> I mean, if they're dead right away, I could probably knock. They're that just out. stale, right? <laughs> hey, good. The poop choice is good, good though. You're probably good a big Kit Shawshank Abbers. Redemption fan. You like Shawshank, do you? Well, that was the visual I had. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can wash that off. I don't know if I can erase. I guess either way, it's going to be scarring. But yeah. All right. Would you rather have a dog with a cat's personality or a cat with a dog's personality? Dude, this is like twisted. Um, well, I'm a dog guy. Cat with a dog's personality. Cats are nimble, dude. They can do some crazy fun stuff. Yeah. I'm going to go cat with a dog's personality. I think that's a good answer. I think that's actually a really good answer. My first good answer. All right. Last one. Would you rather be free or completely safe? Free. I'm with you 100%. And you know what? Just for S's and G's, that's shits and giggles. We're going to do one last one. Would you rather be extremely underweight or extremely overweight oh my gosh these are way better than the ones i had uh 
Dude, I think I'd go underweight just because I want to be able to, like, move around. I'm a guy that needs to move. And I feel like if I was underweight, I'd be able to move more than extremely overweight. Do you ever uh, watch wh- the NFL, dude, those old linemen? Yes, but <laughs> but that's not extremely. You know yeah. what I mean? They're not extremely overweight. They're just, okay. like, overweight. Fair. We good? I mean, if you want one more, I do have one more. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Would you rather have seven fingers on each hand or seven toes on each foot? Fingers. Yeah, like, I feel like it was seven toes. Well, you'd be stronger. I don't know if you'd be as fast, would you? Yeah, you'd be faster. I think your balance would be better, but most importantly, you could hide them if you had seven toes. If you got seven fingers, you're getting goofy looks at when you go to Wendy's. <laughs> you're going to make that burger look really small. <laughs> yeah, I'd go fingers. But then I guess some of the private stuff you could do with seven fingers. <laughs> yeah, you'd be uh, very skilled. <laughs> <laughs> moving along. Uh, moving on. Hey, let's... Uh... Why don't we? I want to start it out. Let's start out with some sports, and then we'll get into some like lighter stuff. I wanted to talk Vikes, Vikings football, and Gopher football. Vikings football sucks right now. Gopher football is on the up. Okay. Now my question is: so the way I see Mike Zimmer is an X's and O's guy. He's a coach. He fixes, like, problems. Like, he's smart. He knows how to adjust. He's got a good defense most of the time. He's very good. P.J. Fleck, I don't think he's much of an X's and O's guy. At least he doesn't come across that way in the media. He's very much culture, energy. This is what we set. This is the bar. This is, like, how we win games is through belief and through rowing and, like, being a team, right? So what is more important in a football coach or just a coach in general, is it the foundation and the culture, i.e. Pete Carroll, or X's and O's more like Zimmer and maybe even more like a Belichick? I don't really know all the culture of Belichick, but what do you think is more important? That's a super interesting question. I mean, just obviously ask me this off the cuff, and I haven't had time to think about it. But I, I would say that it's more important to have a culture coach. And the reason why is because a coaching staff has anywhere from another six to 11 other coaches. So you can sprinkle in X's and O's guys at at positions or say an offensive or defensive coordinator. I think that the culture that you carry needs to be, needs to be top notch, but culture coaches are all different. Like you brought up Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll's a rah, rah. Everybody smiles. We slap each other on the ass. Very positive. But then Belichick, I think is a culture coach too. But his culture is greatness, repetition, Do and your doing job. your job. Absolutely. So, like, I, I, I guess it, I, I guess more importantly than what kind of coach is better, I think it's you've got to get the players who fit into the system that you're coaching to. You know what I mean? Okay. What do you think? Well, I, I personally think, like, just off of my coaching and playing experience, I feel like the culture supersedes any sort of X's and O's or any sort of game plan. Just because I think like, you know, I I look back at my baseball career as a player and I'm like, okay, there's been games and times where we've been down in a game, right? Like I remember a game in college where we were down like seven or eight runs, like in the third or fourth inning. And you're thinking like, okay, that's a pretty big deficit to overcome. These guys are probably going to lose this game. Like they're out of it, but not never at one point did I think like we were going to lose that game? I just had like belief in our team that like, okay, we're better than this team that we're playing and we're going to find a way to win. And we did. Um, and there's multiple times that, you know, that has happened in my career where you're down and it's, it's not looking good, but you look at each other and you're like, all right, boys, like we got this, you know? And I just think belief supersedes X's and O X's and O's like belief is like what starts and that's my problem. And really kind of the the point of this conversation is like my problem with Zimmer is I haven't heard that from him. I don't know what his culture, you know, standards are within, 
you know, I just feel like he's kind of going on the fly. He's a very good coach, but when it comes to like, hey, we're all one unit, we're all one team, and he's not a rah-rah guy, which is cool. Like, that's fine. He, he kind of is, though. Like, he's not in the media, but at least when I, when I watched Hard Knocks years back, and I always well, go back. Yeah, he'll chew ass, right? Well, no, I think he's got good rapport with players, and I think that he shows a different side in the locker room. It's hard to judge. From uh, afar. Yeah, because there's coaches that don't – you don't know what's going on culturally. I mean, I do agree with you to an extent on the culture being more important than X and O's, but that said – you can't have some fucking bumbling moron come off the street and just because he tells everyone they did a great job, they're going to win games. Like, you got to know the game. And you said P.J. Flex, a culture guy, more nexus knows. I agree with that. But the dude played pro football, and the guy know. I mean, Yeah, he's smart. He knows football. We can agree that he, it takes a mix. Yes, but I think P.J. Takes his, or tells his assistants, like, I trust you guys. You guys are going to run systems. If I see something that needs changing or adjusting or whatever, I'll be with you. But I just, like, with Zimmer, I feel like, Especially on the defensive side, he doesn't, like, he runs it. He doesn't necessarily trust maybe his defensive coordinator as much as he should. And I know for sure, from afar, that he doesn't trust the offensive side of the ball or the special team side of the ball. Like, he's just like, you guys don't, I'm you guys you. don't mess up. I got my defense. I'm good. Right. You guys just don't mess up. He doesn't really have his defense anymore. In fact, we just traded well, Yannick Ngakwe. Right. Yeah, this year he doesn't. But, you know, he's got rookies and, I guess, excuses on that front because he's trying to coach and whatever. What do we got on TV here? We're watching TV. Badonkadonk. Oh, gotcha. my grandpa used to call it. I don't know what that means. Little distraction here. Love it. So, no, I'm I'm with you on that. I think overall – I think it's most important for coaches to pick players who fit into what they're going to coach to. You know, if it's a rah-rah type guys, you need that. You need the up guys. But you just got to pick a guy who's going to mesh with your system. And and that's you, – you've got opinions, and I've got the answer. On to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gophers versus Michigan this weekend. Who you got? I know you're not like a huge college football guy, but – What are you talking about? What you know. I watch college football all day, every Saturday. All right, I misjudged. <laughs> I misremembered. First you said Zimmer wasn't a uh, locker room guy. Now I don't watch college football. I forget more about college football in one day <laughs> than you'll ever know. <laughs> no, I, I think the Gophers have a really good chance. I like uh, Bateman. I like the matchups he's going to bring. So Bateman's 6'3". The guy can run, runs great routes. You got Morgan who came off, I believe, what, 23 touchdowns last year to only seven picks, or 30 touchdowns to seven picks. The, the guys, they're ripe for a good game. The D line of Michigan is going to be tough, but I think we're returning some O line. So I think that we can probably curb that if we can keep their good pass rushers, their end pass rushers, off Tanner Morgan and give him time to throw. I think we got a chance to win. Our run game is going to be robust. We got good guys coming back there. I think the Gophers win. I think it's 27 17. Uh, we get a late touchdown, close game the whole way. This guy right here is applying for a job on college game day. When Corso's out, Angstead's in. Corso's got at least 20 years left. That was flat out phenomenal. That was professional grade, (laughs) like for real. That was impressive. I'm actually, uh, I'm pretty impressed. I appreciate Um, that. Yeah, I'm going to go Golfs W just because. Just because they're trending. Hopefully they can carry over some of the stuff that happened last year and, you know, what PJ's got going and rolling there. Bateman's back, which is key, which is clutch. And Morgan, man, he's just smart. He makes very few mistakes, understands the offense well. Um, yeah, I I love the Gulfs. Dude, they're like the only freaking positive thing going in Minnesota right now. Well, and they I mean, might. Sports-wise. I agree with you. They, they are. And they also might break their attendance record tomorrow. Or Saturday. Fewest? No, just I think it's going to be pretty normal for what they usually pack in there <laughs> with COVID here. Hey! About 10, 12, 14. I had, to, I had to throw that one in. Uh, I mean, Michigan's stuff. got the big house. We've got the bank. <laughs> Although I've heard Michigan's big house, that stadium that holds 110,000 or something like that. Yeah. So what I've heard about it is it it's sunk into the ground, 
and the stands are pitched at a pretty like very uh, vertical pitch. Okay. So it doesn't get as loud in that stadium, despite having so many people as like Ohio State, Camp Randall, uh, what's uh, Nebraska Stadium Union. All those stadiums uh, allegedly get louder because I've always said I want to go to the big house. My guy at work, and I've heard it from other people, my guy at work's been to a bunch of bunch of different places. He said, surprisingly, the big house doesn't have as crazy a vibe as like the horseshoe or other places. Right. Anyway, you know, food for thought. If you ever get that in Scrabble, you'll be able to answer correctly. College game day, dude. There you go. Lee Corso, he's circling the drain, too. I, I might have a shot. <laughs> Ah, uh, man. Should we talk right. about... Hey, you said uh, allegedly. Yeah. So we got kind of a thing of people mispronouncing words. I just thought of legitimately. Like legitimately. Instead of legitimately. The Gophers are going to win. Yes. So legitimately? Yeah, that's a pretty common one. Legitimately. I also have supposedly... That's a classic for me, as opposed to supposedly, supposedly. I've got a person who I who I see a lot in a professional setting, and this person, we'll call him, uh, sorry, we'll call her Susan. <laughs> Susan. Well, Susan, instead of saying the word sustainability, says sustainability. And it's like the first 26 times I heard it, I was like, I got to be mishearing it. And then I listen. I'm like, no, dude, <laughs> Susan, or what did I say? Yeah, her, Susan's her name. Susan says sustainability. <laughs> and if my, my personal opinion is you can pronounce words wrong, but try to keep it out of your vernacular. If it's one that you butcher, somebody along the line has had to tell you, hey, it's sustainability, you idiot. And she says it often because she works in a recycling business. Well, where... I, can't, I, I can't say where the person works or where I work, but let's just say that that word is used often it's in a, her. It's found in the handbook. Yeah. She's also one it. of my favorite people to work with, so it's not a slight on her. Yeah. But it's just funny I, like, to me. Do I don't, people not tell I you just, when you F up? Like. You know what I mean? I think I think they have. I'm trying to think. I can't think of any. Nobody ever corrects offhand. me because I'm pretty sure I'm perfect. But like, yeah, you don't mess up. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I. But I feel like a dink when somebody, you know, it's like, dude, it's actually not that. It's that. unless it's like your cold. Spirit. And but right. And you're like, dude, I want you to tell me if I'm messing up a word. How about uh? It's the same thing as like bad breath or a booger in the nose. If you got, if I got one in the chamber, I want you to tell me like, hey, dude. You got a cliffhanger because otherwise I'm going to see somebody who like it's going to embarrass me in front of or bad breath is always one. I remember growing up with my one of my best buddies, Billy Luger. I'd always talk to him like, dude, if I got bad breath, let me know because I don't want to go dragging breath it on some girl. And he's like, same here. But then what's funny is he never once told me I had bad breath. So maybe he was just leaving me out to dry. But I didn't tell him either. But I don't remember seeing him have bad breath. However, I don't ever. It's not like we were ever that close. To, anyway, you get my point. Yeah, little ramble there. Uh, sorry, sorry, I blew up. Close only counts and <laughs> close only counts and horseshoes and hang grenades. <laughs> That's one that I mispronounce. Hang grenades. <laughs> uh, how about hybrid? It's, it's not a hybrid vehicle. Right. It's a hybrid. Right. Yeah. Made with this extra yeast. I mean, for all intensive purposes, <laughs> not intense and purposes. Intensive. Now that one, I know I for sure said at some point. You know what else gets? Hundred percent. I said that. So on this same kind of topic, it bothers me when people enunciate incorrectly. But let's get to that. If do you have other mispronunciations off the top of your head? Ah, uh, let's see here. Oh well, one more is tenure. But tenure? tenure? Yeah, yeah. she just signed her tenure. Oh, okay, so she's got a tenure contract. <laughs> Never heard that. Tenure? What about when people, like, miss, not mispronounce, but they misenunciate? And it often happens with, like, uh, two-word uh, statements. So, like, 
when you go to shop at the blue and yellow store to buy a TV, what would you call that place? Ikea? <laughs> blue and yellow? Yeah, Best Buy. Sorry. Oh, gotcha. Next time I'll put up a sign that says Best Buy. So, <laughs> but you call it Best Buy, right? Bestibia. Bestibia. Or, but people, every once in a while, I'll hear somebody be like, well, you can get that at Best Buy. Yes, Best. There's no T. Right? Or, like, it's Best Buy. So it's not said Best Buy, it's Best Buy. Or do you want to go to Taco Bell or do you want to go to Taco Bell? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go to. Uh, there's, they're all over, and it's funny because I'll hear them periodically, and it bothers me. Tacobel. Tacobel. Yeah. So that actually, I wanted to just for the listeners that maybe knew, um, we've got a little language. So Tacobel. What else did I just say? Uh, Taco DBA. Bell is a great one to go on, though. If you talk Taco it's, Bell, it's very easy. Like well, it's, go, go it's elementary through, to go through their menu. Chili cheese burrito. Give me that one. See Hilly, Sahizi, Burrito. I mean, I just. <laughs> Gordita Crunch. Gordita Crunche. That one's. Ah, super good. That one's, that one's tough. Couple, I mean, yeah. The classics, Lit Lele Aguey, Little League. That might be my. That might be my favorite of all time. Of my all favorite, time. My favorite of all time is the one that started it, which would be Gatorade, which is yeah, Gatorade. The genesis of of the language. That was the Atari of the language, dude. <laughs> genesis was like Nintendo on steroids. See, I didn't have a Genesis, did you? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. Because I had like NHL, NHL 93. 93, I think, was my favorite. That was the one where you did the... Yeah, the move. You just did the double deke, right? It was like, one this yeah. way, back this way, goal every time on a breakaway. And every once in a while, if you step over the blue line with Lindros on that one and just take a slap shot hard on the ice five hole, you're about a 60% clip of scoring, too. Yeah? Yeah, George, actually, some people I lived with in college were really, really good at NHLPA. And once we got to college, we brought it back. But I always not I always remember not having a Sega and that game specifically. Specifically. I, specifically. I would want to play that game so much with my friends who had it. And I remember like every time we'd be outside I'd, I'd be like kind of dropping hints like, hey, maybe we could uh <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, it's you didn't enough. have it. You're just right. like, Get a little Get cold out. out. You want to? Uh, you want to go knock out some? Jeez, it's uh, kind of cloudy. I'd much rather have sun. Oh man, your leg looks like it hurts. You want to play NHLPA? But the funny <laughs> thing is, is like the answer was always just like, "Dude, I just played that shit for like nine hours. Let's go play out here and having fun." And I'm just like, "Well, I don't have a Sega, and <laughs> I kind of wanted to try out Chelios and Ronick." And <laughs> I heard the Blackhawks are really good. Um, I don't know. Maybe the Flyers. Gretzky's on there, like obviously he's good. I made myself, and I'm a 99 in every category. All right, how about this? So, <laughs> Sega Genesis games, like what are your tops? NHLPA, like I like 93, 94, 97 in that order. Uh, it was 94 the one timer, or was that 95? 94 is the one timer. Was it? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure, but somebody will probably yeah. correct me. Um, but yeah, 97. And then I'm trying to think of other games. Honestly, man, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other Sega games too. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I can't, uh, what about Nintendo 64? See, I never had that, but George had that. My buddy in Mario Kart, Mario tennis. You ever played that game? Yes. I like that one too, but I'm not as good. So I don't like it as much. <laughs> what a four year old. Mario Kart, though, dude, I love... Mario Tennis is icky. I'm not good at it. Let's play Mario Kart. I take first. Anybody uh, <laughs> want to play kart? <laughs> uh, your hand looks like it's getting sore from serving on uh, tennis. Should we knock out some kart where you just got to steer? Or... <laughs> kart is good. I do like tennis. Um, but when you play somebody good, like my roommate, Ski, dude, he's freaking really good. What about Bond? Is that on 64? Yes. I was always I struggled bad at Bond, it, but, but I, dude, so I, did I. I'd get sniped. Dude, I like remember like being in college and like throwing the controller because I we're playing these roommates that basically skipped class and played Bond like most days. So I'd go in there, hey, you want to play Bond? It's like, all right, cool, yeah. 
So I start playing, and like about twelve seconds in, just right through the forehead, like just because they know where you spawn. They know where you're going to show up. Well, they back see up. where I'm at, right? Like, they right. know where I'm at. And, like, oh, he's coming, about to come around this corner. Like, he was, yeah. they were so more advanced than me. Right. Like, I'm just trying to, like, trying to figure out how to press, like, how do I shoot? You know? I just was a sitting duck. And I just didn't, yeah, I didn't last long. That makes it hard to, like, if you get into a game like that at ground level with somebody, any game for that matter, could be a board game, could be a, a physical, like a baseball type, any sport, anything, but especially video games. If you get into something at ground level where everyone's a rookie, it's easy to kind of learn together and grow together and have fun. But like, I've had the same thing happen with you specifically in bond where people were like so many tiers or classes ahead of me that I had no chance. I was like a baby fawn on the ice with a bunch of lions. Like it was the worst. And I don't know if lions ever eat deer. I'm pretty sure they're not even in the grounded lions. Probably not in the same hemisphere, but that said, I know that feeling because we'd play like like a bunch of my friends, good friends growing up, a bunch of our good friends were really good at it. And I'd get there and I'd be all pissed off and I'd want to do something else. Yeah, it's just like, dude, I don't want to play this. me and you might play and have a blast. There you go. That's where it's got to be. So get an an N64. We'll do our next episode. We'll play Bond the whole time. It'll just be a swear words, jubilation, and the occasional sip of... uh, Miller Lite or whatever the kids are drinking these days. Miller Lite. That's another all-timer. That is another good one. What about Bush Light? Buskaha Lig Tea? <laughs> that one good? That one you got to work hard for. <laughs> that's gotta... my favorite beer. Like, that's my favorite cheap, like, domestic beer. What is? Bush Light. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I don't think it's even that like, close. Not a Bud Light guy. Miller Lite, nee. Coors Light is okay. Like, I'll deal with it. Mick Golden. Yeah. I'd rather eat a booger than drink a Miller Lite. I actually got a good Bush Light story. Yeah. So this goes back years. One of our friends, Trent Martin, uh, we were up at their cabin. I think we were potentially a little bit younger than we probably should have been to drink, but not like by a lot. Like it wasn't anything egregious. We might have been like. Probably in college. Yeah, probably 20 or 19. <clears throat> but we had uh, a couple cases of Bush Light and we had them kind of hidden in the boathouse. And Trent's dad, his parents were always very cool. They didn't condone drinking or doing anything like that, but they also weren't like out to try to catch. Like it was just kind of, you know, whatever. Like Right. Round the palm, but you guys can do it. Maybe turn a blind eye. So he ends up going and finding a couple of cases of bush light out in the shed. And we think he's going to be all pissed off. And he's kind of not. So he ends up drinking one. He's like, but he didn't know it was like a cheaper beer. He thought maybe this was some like, you know, like some Canadian or some nice beer. Uh-huh. And he has a sip and he's like, whoa, this is good stuff. Yeah. So he got to where he really started to like it. Well, then that night they had a bunch of other. So to pr- paint a picture, his cabins on an island uh, on Cass Lake. So there's a bunch of other cabins on the island. You've been there. It's I'm crazy, pa- dude. There's a So people listen. Cass Lake is a big lake. Inside of the lake, there's an island. And then inside of that island, there's another lake, which is what? There's only two in the world that are like that? That's what I've heard, yeah. Yep. Two natural. So it's a self-sustaining lake inside of an island inside of another lake. What self-sustaining means is the outside lake and the inside lake has nothing to do with it. But that said, it is a cool cabin, a bunch of other cabins. So that night, to get back to my uh, bush light story, Steve Martin, the guy who had taken a sip of bush light and been like, this is really good. He's the father of the kids. All of a sudden, there's a bunch of people on the island over that are probably closer to his age, you know, 50 years old or something like that. And all of a sudden, we see him like, and a lot of these people have dough. (laughs) We see him walking around being like, yeah, can I get you anything? We've got wine, bush light. He was almost like leading with the bush light like because he had just enjoyed (laughs) it. Like, So people were probably like, who's this schlub giving bush light? I just saw kids, coincidentally, they probably saw us like wearing beer helmets, bonging them out in the boat. (laughs) That's like that's like a rich person joke. Like you guys want some wine, like maybe some Cabernet, Bush Light. <laughs> but I think I, I guess my whole reason for telling that is a I like to hear myself talk. But B, you so you said it's my favorite light beer, my favorite kind of crap beer. Yeah, I agree with that, and I would even go as far as to say like I just think it tastes good. Period. Like I wouldn't even have to preface it with like, hey, as far as shitty beers go, I like Bush Light. Like, dude, Bush Light is good to drink. It's a good beer. They've just marketed themselves to a $19 a case type beer. 
Yeah. Like I don't. I and I don't know how that works. I I can't imagine that one. That's beer interesting. To the next. Is Bush Bush is Bud right or? But Bush is Anheuser. Anheuser Bush is Which, St. Louis. Is that Bud Light? Budweiser. Uh, yeah, right? I think yes. Budweiser St. Louis. Yeah. Okay, so Bud Light is like the the one that they market, the one that they sell a lot of. Right. right? And then Bush is, I guess, maybe a step below and whatever. But Probably I think it's better. It's all it is is the same beer. One's in the bat on the left, and then the other Bush is in the bat on the right, where like the maintenance guy takes a booger snag into. <laughs> <laughs> knocks out that rice taste if you ever get the loogie it's like eating the worm when you have tequila very very honorable <laughs> well what, what do you want to chat about next man i don't know if i have a good uh transition let's here, talk but... about just like how many times we have to listen to the word covid and just like, and, and I'm not downplaying it. It is what it is. Believe what you want. Everything's like, it is real. I'm not saying it's fake, but for Christ's sake, I've heard enough about it. <laughs> like, dude, I already know I have to wear masks. I get it. That's enough. I've heard enough about it. Whether it's political people arguing about it, the five o'clock news reporting how many cases, not how many deaths, how many cases. I've just heard enough about it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I think the longer we keep it like at the forefront of our attention, the longer it will be. I mean, around here, an issue, whatever. Like, just let's kind of weed this out a little bit. Yeah, and- let's still keep it. Let's talk about it sometimes. And obviously, whatever. So the people who are the scientists and who come up with the ideas. Some of it might be politically motivated, but I'm even going to get into that because I don't know for sure. Yeah. But like, I don't. I get it, dude. Let's wear a mask. I'll do what I have to. I'll try not to go to huge group gatherings. Nothing stupid. But for Christ's sake, I get it. Stop talking about it. Tell me when I can do all this stuff again. But I don't need to be reminded 31 times per YouTube video that there's something called the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's I, it's enough, dude. Yeah. Sorry, I blew up. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> everyone, you just got to get it out every once in a while. Between that and political ads, I'm going to have to repatch about oh, that 33 was good, holes dude. in my wall. You just uh, you just used fuck as an exclamation point. Yeah, absolutely. Not a question mark or a period. Right. Fuck. <laughs> Didn't, weren't we talking the other day about different ways to use fuck? Like you try to use it as every type of oh, it's the most like versatile word in, well, in the I, English language, right? You can use it. So, well, yeah, no, you can use it for punctuation too. That's there. There it is. So like I'm gonna comma. give. You, I that's want it. you to use a sentence that uses "fuck" as a comma. You know, so we were out in the woods. It was me and a couple buddies, and fucking. <laughs> We grabbed our gun and like we saw this bird and we're like, dude, we're going to shoot this bird. So we did and it just flew away too fast. Here's another comma one, same as yours, kind of. So I'm out gross hunting in the woods. It's me, fucking Bob, fucking Tom. And we saw probably 35 birds, fucking, but fucking what was crazy is that they were all in trees. Fuck. <laughs> That's your period. You got to period it, too. It's like, fuck. How about a, like a, the dot, 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 fuck? So, uh, how was the other day? Fuck. <laughs> you don't even want to know. <laughs> oh, you drug that out a long time. That was awesome. That was like six dots. Nothing like uh, souping this podcast up with some F-bombs. And I just want everyone to know, especially anybody who may be younger than the age of whatever's considered the age old enough to listen to this word, we don't really condone saying this word. And we wouldn't use this word except it's so fucking funny. <laughs> uh, we've got the uh, the E rating, right? Or like explicit. Is, I thought E was for everyone on video games. We might want to change for that. For TV, it's E. Sure. For like Spotify and whatever else. 
that is explicit. What about for like albums? It used to be well, shit. Nobody buys CDs. There's anymore. a little stamp on the it bottom. Said parental advisory. Yeah, I might have said explicit. Did it explicit say lyrics? I believe it did. I believe. Yeah. I think you're onto something there. So wait, we need like a universal. You shouldn't do this because it seems like every single media platform or every type of deliverable has a different type of uh, advisory. I mean, I know skull and crossbones mean I shouldn't drink the formaldehyde. <laughs> Learn that one the hard way. <laughs> so after stick six pumic, stomach pumps, easy for me to say. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna let that one go to die. Oh man, what else did I want to talk about today? Oh, so I got a new bit that I'm polishing up here. It's a quick one. So like, let's say, all right. So for instance, my older car that I have, right? It's like an 05 Mazda. I'm trying to sell it. If anybody wants it, give me a shout. Um, <laughs> but the windshield has a crack like across the bottom of it. Okay. It's probably like a two foot crack. It ain't small, but it's like it's low enough or like I don't even notice it. It hasn't gotten bigger. I'm just like, all right, fine. I don't need to replace my windshield. It's fine. It's just a crack that doesn't. Except that it's the only structural integrity of the vertical supports in your car. But hey, don't worry about that as you were. All right, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm going to live, I hope. Um, yeah, if you don't roll your car. Right. So anyways, like somebody gets in my car, right? And they're the type of person that if it's broke, got to get fixed, right? Like I have to fix whatever's broken. Yep. So like they get in and they're like, maybe you should, uh, you, know, you should get your windshield fixed. You know, I think they're, they're kind of cheap. You know, I know you probably a couple hundred bucks. You probably even have windshield insurance. You should get it fixed. <laughs> well, you should comb your hair in the other direction. Like, <laughs> don't tell me what to do. Why don't you try wearing pants that don't make you look homeless? Oh, sorry. Sorry. I. <laughs> it's like, dude, the all-time favorite. I mean, that's a Luger one that I learned from Luger is watch your own bobber. That one's obviously dude, more. Dude, he learned that from me. Did he? Okay. I don't know. So I don't know. Dude, here's Watch the thing. Watch your own bobber. So when you talk about like uh, being the guy who has to get everything fixed right away, it's funny because I went from like didn't care at all to now I, I like try to stay on top of that to where I'm almost like OCD about it. But I don't think it bothers me in other people's stuff, in other people's vehicle, vehicles or houses. But uh-huh. For some reason, I get like really sensitive about getting ragged on about shit like that. <laughs> I had a, my Mercury Milan. Okay, so I, it's more a defense mechanism. It must than be like like I, okay. I for some reason it bothers me. I I had a Mercury Milan and uh, I like I took a rock. I think I was at Wee Fest or something. It doesn't really matter. Rocks are probably similar everywhere. I took a rock in the windshield while I was driving, and like it it had a decent spider that day, and then periodically over the course of the, the the late summer it grew but like not a lot but all of a sudden i noticed it's like oh that's four inches well we had a really 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 cold day like in december i'm talking like biblical shit like yeah 27 below windchill anywho long story longer i get out to my car and the crack had gone from fucking china to the u.s dude east <laughs> to west on a map all the way fucking station to station and like i was like you know what it's not in my view that's pretty cool that did that don't care but like i got ragged on by so many people i work with as they like drove with me yeah that i think like it stuck with me and my first mechanism was to like be like i don't want to i'm not going to change that just because i wanted to prove i didn't care but i think deep down it got to me when those people made fun of my window <laughs> and now i fix shit like the next day it, that it gets broke no matter what it is okay See, so, yeah, you fix it because you, oh, yeah, I don't know. You fix it because you just don't want to hear it. And I'm also a responsible person. <laughs> uh, See, I just passive, passive aggressively called you irresponsible. So what happened there? That's eerie. Do you know the story of the claret jug to go back to the uh, golden, golden got pairs? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to, oh. I, I might butcher oh, this. Oh, wait, they left it in Michigan, right? You said no, and then you told me some of the story. So do you know it or not? <laughs> I didn't process the question fully when you asked me right okay, away. Okay, because I thought it was pretty clear. We can go back and check the tape. Yeah, we'll, we'll tend that. Do you know the story? Seconds. 
But yeah, uh, you, you were right about somebody leaving it. Yeah, they left it, and then Michigan. Okay, I don't know the. So what happened? Details. I think it was like 1905. It was way, way, way long ago. I think our yeah. rivalry goes over 120 years, but it was somewhere around the turn of the century. Michigan's coach was concerned about Minnesota or Minnesota staff somehow sabotaging their water supply, whether it be putting like laxatives or he, he was just concerned about it. So he went out in town in Minneapolis and purchased a jug, a five gallon jug, which is actually super funny because with what we know scientifically now about how much water athletes should drink and stuff like that, like each player should probably have a half gallon. So right. anyway, back then it was five gallon jug. Everyone gets a little sip. We all get cramps and blah, blah, blah. But, so he bought this five-gallon jug, and they used it for their water. Well, he forgot it at Minnesota. So Minnesota and the, the players made, like, a spectacle out of it, and then students painted it and blah, blah, blah. Well, then somewhere along the line, Michigan got it back. Like, they stole it back, I think. And then they both decided, like, why don't we play for this? And now players who weren't born till 85 years after it happened, or 100 years, as it were, or 120 – uh, get to win a jug and then rub it in the other person's face and nobody knows what it's about. I'm just sad. I really want to preserve the history. <laughs> we'll get it back this year. So if that didn't make everyone go to sleep, I don't know what will. <laughs> uh, fast forward, skip everything. On to the next one. You're going to have a lot of editing to do on this one. <laughs> the F-bombs, out of control. Hey, let's... All right. So I was watching this video the other day while I was working out. <laughs> <laughs> dire Straits, live performance. Dude, the one that I showed you where they're just zoning. Yeah, so that's the best. I think they're playing Sultan's a Swing, right? Yeah, Sultan's a Swing, Dire Straits. It's got like 150 million views. If you're listening, watch that video. Like, take 10 minutes out of your day and just, like, watch that video use it as a workout whatever like dude it's mark knopfler is sick on the it's guitar it's so side. good they're all like in the zone they're just flowing they're feeling it and it's it's just, a great song too. I, so. I mean i watched it again working out and i was just like dude this is i got goosers like i got goosebumps like towards the end like as they start like ramping up like dude it's just like unbelievable how in sync they are and you showed just, me that for the first time and i remember thinking like i had no idea mark well, my knopfler. cousin alex showed it to me and I'm like, holy balls, this is phenomenal. I've always liked, I've always liked Dire Straits, but I didn't know Knopfler had that piece in him. It's funny because Eckert, one of our good buddies, he loves Dire Straits. He actually saw Mark Knopfler, I think, last year or the year before. And he, I mean, that dude knows a ton about Dire Straits, about Knopfler specifically. I mean, I think he's even got a picture that another one of our buddies painted of Mark Knopfler. Okay. But I brought that video up to him and like he knew, he's like, oh yeah. That's a good one. I was like, I didn't know that he could play guitar like that. And he's and I think Eckert told me, I, I want to say, he's like, dude, he doesn't use a pick either, which is pretty cool, I think. And I'm not super musically inclined, but I, I'm led to believe that playing without a pick is probably a little bit tougher. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm definitely not a guitar aficionado, so I ain't going to help you there. What is your favorite live performance so like just on video that i've seen or on video kind of like yeah like your go-to like this is phenomenal so i've been watching that's mine dire straits that's pretty I, i've just been watching one lately i guess somebody's gonna go with something of late but i as you know i like avenge sevenfold and other metal yep. bands avenge sevenfold's got a performance of in 2014 at a festival in the netherlands called pink pop uh a lot of big bands have done it i think metallic has done it pearl jam the list goes on it's a lot of good bands, but the, I think Avenged Sevenfold, especially for a metal band, is so good at being succinct. Like they can play music that you think wouldn't sound good live, and it sounds very, very good live. And that particular concert, they were all on their A game. I like the setup; the pyrotechnics were cool. But most importantly, they played like a string of like five of my favorite songs by them, and I know a lot of their songs, so it's perfect, and I, I've been working out to it, like, it gets me through. So you'll hit that five-song block, which is like a half hour or whatever. Abs which is like a, a nice amount of time to get, you know, when you're dropping some cardio, as it were, but yeah. it's it's awesome to listen to, and certain bands get me jacked up, but yours, your whole, so your favorite performance is the Dire Straits, that whole concert, or that specific Just song? Just that song. 
Okay. Yeah, I was just talking one song. Like, we were like, dude, that's how about awesome. like how about what you've seen live? What's your favorite live thing you've ever seen? Uh, I would probably say Eric Church. He put on a good. Steffensmeyer show. told me that's his favorite too. Like, dude, he's just like. Yeah, I, I love the dude. He's definitely my number one country guy right now. I mean, Garth is probably, like, number one all-time performer. And I saw Garth, you know, five, six years ago. Did you? I was upper deck. I did. And I, I liked it. It was good. It was awesome. But I, I think I kind of went in with high expectations. Like, all right, it's Garth. It's going to be good. Like, it's going to be great. And it was. But with Eric Church, I, was just, I went in, and I'm like, okay, like, I like Church. I didn't really expect much from him as, like, a performer. But, dude... He puts on a show. Steffensmeyer, my buddy, he's like he gets into it. Plus, his songs are phenomenal. Like he, Steffensmeyer told me that he's incredible live, and it's funny because he started playing them for me. Like I, what I found interesting about that guy specifically, I've never seen him in concert, but his music sounds so different. Like what I mean by that is like he's not like Jason Aldean. You'll hear it. That's a Jason Aldean song. Gotcha. It's got the same potion. It's the same six ingredients, yeah. and then he sprinkled in a little garlic salt. Dude, Eric Church has stuff that like sounds like hip hop almost. Yeah. And then he's got stuff that sounds like that's more rock like too. Old and country he's got rock. More like, then I'll kind of mix in like. And his voice, grass, like his deep. voice, is so diverse. I think like with his octave range, but also with like the way he'll enunciate everything about it. Like I, I just think that dude's a good artist. Whereas somebody was telling me, I can't remember who it was, but saying that, uh, uh what's the guy who talks like Kermit the Frog? The country guy. Oh, uh, Luke Bryant. Hi, I'm Luke Bryant. Watch <laughs> me host the CNAs with Darius Wrecker. <laughs> one, one of my buddies does a good Luke Bryant. But anyway, I was reading something where somebody told me it doesn't matter. I, I've now learned it. He's apparently ranked as far as like all the popular singers right now. The worst as far as like vocal range. He's very good in his range, but his range is the size of a baby so dick. Just- Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that word threw me big time. I was it's actually gonna, two words. I was gonna counter. It's two words hyphenated. Argument, and I got completely distracted. That's what we're looking for. All right. Um. How about how about we close this with a little Chad Greenway impression? So if. You guys are Minnesota sports fans or Minnesota people, and you watch Fox Sports North or really any. It's usually on that, but Chad Greenway does a couple of commercials for friends and bank. And Chad trust. Greenway, ex-Minnesota Viking. So Oxted has a pretty decent theory about that commercial. My theory is Chad Greenway is the biggest dud on the planet Earth, and he's got dead eyes. So, like half of this impression is you looking at him, but I'll give you his acting skills. Yeah, you need a visual here to so make it really good. So he's standing here, but... and he's trying to look jacked up, but he's smiling, but his eyes are dead. <laughs> so he's got no smile on his face, but his, his mouth is smiling, and he, and he says, Hi, I am Chad Greenway. Let France and Banco across the middle for your small business loan. And then he, like, puts his arm up, and you see it, and it's like, dude, the best part of that whole thing is... <laughs> That was probably like his 50th take, and it was the best one. And finally, the producer and the light guy was like, fuck it, I'm getting a sandwich. This is this guy's hopeless. It's lunchtime. We're going to be here all night. Let France and Bank go across the middle for your small business loan. <laughs> it's like, ah, dude, I think I'm going to go to Spire now. <laughs> yeah, that guy's got more personality. Spire guy's got more per- He's older, but he's like really happy-go-lucky. Just people friendly oh my gosh yeah go to spire hey let's end it by talking about we got an r.i.p 100 years young oh yes sid the kid miss ya much as luther used to make fun of him on his podcast (laughs) my one sid story was like it was probably 15 years ago i was at the metrodome tailgating near the metrodome like the, the lot was near the the metrodome itself and 15 minutes before game time, there's an open parking spot. You know, when you're tailgating, somebody's got to move. you, know, you got to get out of the way, whatever, make room for this car. So this car pulls into a parking space, 
like just kitty wampus, right? Like just tilted. Where like the back end was to the right of the line, and then the front end was to the left of the line. He did angle parking. Was it a Buick? Straight on parking. I can't remember. Probably what. a Chrysler. Might have been like a Jaguar or something. I don't know. Jaguar or Jaguar. Anyway, sorry, I blew up. Jaguar. Um. So all of a sudden, dude gets out, stumbles out. He's got like white hair, gray hair, and I'm like, welding glasses. I look. I'm like, <laughs> Coca-Cola bottles. <laughs> um, I look, and it's Sid. Sid Hartman. Just parks, you know, eight inches from both cars. Closes the door, walks again. Like, just no problem. Like, there's nothing wrong with what he just did. Like, everything's perfect. Like, just move on with my day. Just think of that, too. Like, how long ago you said it was 15 years ago? Uh, yeah, roughly. All right, so think of this. He just died, like, last week or two weeks, whatever. Yeah, 100 years old. And honestly, rest in peace. But that story happened 15 years ago. And when that happened, he was super, super, super old. And he that happened 15 years ago when he was three super old. He probably had old. eight more years of driving before, like, somebody's like, okay, said, you uh, can't do this anymore. My goodness. But, hey, for real... What a legend. The dude yeah. was published on the day he died. Think of that. That's nuts. Yeah. Unless you're 46 and you have a grabber, that one was for your cousin. <laughs> Shout yeah. out. No, yeah. RIP for sure. He, Shout uh, out to your cousin. Lived a hell of a life. Yeah. KK, Kristen K, on the previous episode. For very well spoken. Very good to listen to. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Always entertaining. Well. Big gulps, eh? All right. Well, see you later. Holy schnozberries. That guy makes me laugh. Hey, that was fun to listen back to. I enjoyed it. I hope you guys did too. Hey, um, hit us up. Hit me up, LTK Athletic, on Instagram. LTKAthletic.com is the website. You can send a message. We'd love to hear from you guys. Anybody that's listening to the show, it'd be great to hear from you. So, hey, we're going to keep this baby rolling. We're going to keep it going. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. Until then, learn, try, know, and achieve. Hum, babe.